I don't care if they remember me. Only Jesus. This is Dreamwalker 1960. As a reminder, you can read the transcripts of all my podcasts at dreamwalker1960.com. You can use Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music or Audible, Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, as well as Pandora, Spotify, Podbean, and Player FM if you wish to listen. All you need to do is do a search for Dreamwalker 1960. In a recent discussion I had been having, God gave me an insight that I just have to share. What it was, was this insight into the Bible itself. To get here, I must start first with this Bible verse. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do good works. In the New Testament, after the Gospels and the book of Acts, and before the book of Revelations, are the letters. Most written by Paul, but also Peter, James, and John, and even an unknown author. What is to follow is the epiphany that God gave me. There are many out there that embrace the belief of once saved, always saved. But when you really think upon that idea, a dilemma occurs. When you really think upon that, something doesn't quite work when you take the Bible into your hands. When you really analyze this teaching, a question comes to the surface. Why have anything beyond the book of Acts except the book of Revelation? I mean, think upon it for a moment. These letters were all written to groups that had become saved and to ministers of these people, or, as in the book of Hebrews, an appeal to see Jesus Christ as the Messiah the Jewish people had been waiting for. But if they are saved forever, is there any need for these books? Also, within these letters are statements about ending sin. But if we are saved forever, why be told this? Yet, the Bible is inspired by God. So there is a need for these letters. So, as we see in the book of Hebrews, those saved and filled with the Holy Ghost can have issues. Issues that can actually insult our Savior, Jesus Christ. It is clearly stated that they had the Holy Spirit within them, yet rejected Jesus Christ and God. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4 through 6. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turned away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance. By rejecting the Son of God, they themselves 
are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. The writer of Hebrews makes it clear that salvation can be lost by someone who has received the Holy Ghost. You cannot receive the Holy Ghost unless it is given to you by God and Jesus Christ. And you cannot receive the Holy Ghost unless you are saved. This shows that we ourselves have an active and continual part in our salvation. Why else did God give us the letters that fully and completely formed the New Testament that teaches us how to be faithful and complete disciples of our Creator and His Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ? The books also tell us time and again, if we refuse to partake in our salvation, we can and will lose it, not only our salvation, but our eternal life. This is why it is so important that each person learn the Bible for themselves. If they question those that speak to them like myself, they should learn what the scripture says for themselves as it should be. Humans make errors. Humans cause false teachings to come into being. We are all fallible, but the Bible is not. When you read the letters in what I believe in the true context of these letters, as someone who can lose their salvation, the letters fall fully and completely into perspective. Looking at the beginning of the letter of Galatians, Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father, who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the church of Galatia. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. I am shocked that you are turned away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. This letter was sent to those that had been saved and accepted Christ as their Savior. Yet, note the wording of verse 6. I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. It clearly states that they knew God. They knew salvation from Jesus Christ. They turned their backs upon it. Once again, echoing the sixth chapter of Hebrews. When you go further into Galatians, Paul says something important about the true gospel. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Teaching the true gospel does not 
please people, but God. Those that say they are always saved are doing one thing, pleasing those that accept this teaching, for they feel they can do whatever they wish, for they are covered by grace. This is how someone can turn so quickly from God. All the time thinking and believing they are still one with Christ. What I have just said hurts someone out there listening to or reading this. They are angry. They are laughing at me. The thing is, it is not me they are laughing at. They are believing opposite what the Bible makes very clear. So who are they really angry with? Who are they really laughing at? The scriptures, and as was established at the beginning of this study, the scriptures come from one source, God. Then it is God these people are angry with and laughing at. I will allow that to sink in by changing topics. In another discussion I recently had, a person asked me, where is your list of good works? The implication deals with James chapter 2, 14 through 26. The answer was simple. The Bible. The need for good works to bear fruit is a requirement given to us by Jesus Christ himself in his teachings shown in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Here, Jesus also states that we must be pruned. Jesus makes it clear that we will go through trials and tribulations. This pruning is not just emotional and or physical. It is also spiritual. The true gospel at times is painful. It is especially painful to those that have embraced a false gospel, thinking all is fine with how they live and want to live. However, this is the furthest thing from the truth. As has been shown in this message in the book of John, Hebrews, and Galatians. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1-10 through 10. This is the third time I am coming to visit you. And as the scripture says, the facts of each case must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. I have already warned those who have been sinning when I was there on my second visit. Now I again warn them and all others, just as I did before, the next time I will not spare them. I will give you all the proof you want that Christ speaks through me. Christ is not weak when he deals with you. He is powerful among you. Although he was crucified in weakness, he now lives by the power of God. We too are weak, just as Christ was. But when we deal with you, we will be alive with him and will have God's power. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. As you test yourselves, I hope you will recognize that we have not failed the test of apostolic authority. We pray to God that you will not do what is wrong by refusing our correction. I hope 
we won't need to demonstrate our authority when we arrive. Do the right thing before we come, even if that makes it look like we have failed to demonstrate our authority. For we cannot oppose the truth, but must always stand for the truth. We are glad to seem weak if it helps show that you are actually strong. We pray that you will become mature. I am writing this to you before I come, hoping I won't need to deal severely with you when I do come. For I want to use the authority the Lord has given me to strengthen you, not to tear you down. It is time for many to awaken to the true gospel, to read it in the framework as if you can lose your salvation, which has been shown is the true gospel. If we live our lives as if we can return to death, it will cause us to seek to live our lives to please not ourselves, but who we should always seek to please in the first place, God. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 through 7. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of the world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. 1 John chapter 3, verses 17-24 through 24. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence and we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do things that please him. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him, and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the Spirit he gave us lives in us. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, 
the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only cravings for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So when seeking after God, we should never seek after anything of the world. We should never seek to store treasures here on the earth, but in heaven. Matthew 6, 19-24 Look hard into yourselves, those listening and reading. Who are you seeking to please? Think hard upon that. For all of eternity rest upon who it is we wish to glorify, God or ourselves. God bless. Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. Sell his empty dreams I got lost in the light But it was up to me To make a name the world remembers But Jesus is the only name to remember And I True.